Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to the next issue of Comic Book Tales. And today I've got a couple questions that have come in. And I wanted to answer them. And thank you again for sending in these questions. I, I appreciate it. It gives me some topics to examine a little bit further, things that I think you may know and you may not, and things that I don't even think about I just take for granted uh, that now you know, we, we can look at a little bit further. So one of the questions that came up was about costumes. So over the years, over the decades, um, that there have been superheroes depicted in comics. How did the costumes come about? And I'm going to kind of punt a little bit, but I'm going to examine a little bit too. Um, there's a channel called Nerd Sync on YouTube. They also have a podcast. And Scott Nicewinder does a, a wonderful job in a four-part series. I'll link you to the first part in the show notes uh, about how costumes came about in the history of comics and some of the things that go with that. But in a nutshell, it was it was based on circus strongmen, the tights. Um, the trunks that go over that some heroes have, some don't, most don't anymore. Um, the capes, things like that, just adding mystique and iconographic, uh, nature to the, the hero, um, either separating them from or coming apart with a regal sense or just adding bulk with the cape. He, he talks about that in the capes ish, issue, uh, just adding bulk with the flowing cape and adding motion to the comic. So if you ever look back at a comic book, you'll notice that anybody wearing a cape, it kind of flows. And we sense that physics of motion with the flow of the, of the cape. So it, it makes sense to our brains when we see that same thing with the trunks. It's, um, it's a modesty thing, as he, he explains in his uh, episode. And in the tights, it's just for free range of motion and wind resistance or water resistance, depending on who's wearing what. And that brought up a question for me when I thought about that. I thought, okay, so that's how it started in the 30s and continued on into, let's say, the 80s for the most part. There's still, I mean, there's still a lot more characters in the Marvel Universe who wear spandex or tights or something like that than there are that aren't. But I want to look at the X-Men as an example. So if you look at the X-Men in the 60s, they wore, uh, they wore costumes, the yellow boots, the blue jumpers, um, and head coverings so that they all looked about the same with just the spandex head covering. Um, you know, a lot of the heroes in the Marvel Universe currently wear pin particles because they change size or shape. So uh, the Fantastic Four is where it's pin particle clothing. Um, and the size changing people do the same thing for that reason because it changes shape with them and changes size with them. Uh, except for notably the Hulk. <laughs> for some reason, the guy who needs it most doesn't wear pin particles. Anyway, uh, it got me thinking. So they, they evolved. And by the they, – they, they all looked the same. The X-Men in the 60s all looked the same. You get to the 70s and they started to differentiate themselves a little bit. Still the spandex, still the still the buccaneer boots um, with a lot of the, a lot of the men. Um, didn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Captain America still wears them. It still doesn't make any sense. Uh, if you know what I mean, it's the, it's the boots goes high and then they flop over to like a cuff. And you've got an upside-down cuff on your calf. It, it – 
it doesn't make a lot of sense from a practical standpoint. And if you look in the movies, the Captain America movies, you don't see that because it made no sense. Um, so they get to the 80s with the X-Men and you start to see, yes, they still have costumes, but they're keeping more differentiated. I, I look at Wolverine's example. Early on in the 70s, Wolverine was in a yellow and blue costume that really accentuated the Wolverine animal nature of him. And by the late 70s into the 80s, it was a brown tan costume. And by the late 80s, he was just wearing a leather jacket. Um, And by the 90s, the X-Men all went to leather. It it was a total change of what you would expect to be. I mean, leather has to be the worst thing possible for freedom of movement. And yet, it's good for maybe a little defense, but it's horrible for movement. If you've ever worn a leather apron or a leather jacket, you don't move well. You're very loud. It's It's not easy. In the X-Men movies, that's what they wore, and it made no sense. Uh, I guess maybe it looked visually good, but it doesn't make any sense from a practical standpoint. But you can you can see the transition from the 60s, the 70s, 80s, 90s, and into today. And they're back to less and less costume. Uh, now, you look at the Avengers movie, and you see traditional costumes. And I think that's for a nostalgic effect for us because we need to see that. We need to connect to that and we never the Avengers never had that transition where they didn't I mean Iron Man has changed his his Iron Man armor but it hasn't really evolved to not wearing armor you know it's not a clear suit now except for the most recent iteration it's been either you know yellow and gold or sometimes silver and gold or silver and red Uh, now it's kind of just silver but that's something else for another time but think about that. So I'm going to put the link for for Scott in the in the show notes. But I, take a listen. His his podcast or his um, YouTube videos are four to five minutes each, and they're they're interesting. Uh, and you may find some interesting things. And I, I always look to see what he's got going on because I, I do find uh, most of it interesting. But just think about that when you're looking. You can almost tell an era of a comic book based on the clothing that the characters are wearing. Um, comic books have been, if nothing else, very pop culture driven. Um, sometimes they set pop culture. Sometimes they follow. It depends on situation. But if you pull out a Spider-Man comic from nineteen mid nineteen seventies, you're going to see bell bottom pants. You're going to see wide ties. You're going to see um, crazy looking jackets. It, you're going to know what era it was in. Um, you know, sixties Spider-Man. He's got the nerdy glasses. He's got the thin ties. Wearing the sweater vest. You're going to see all that because that's the era in which they were created. And that's the interesting thing about comic books to me is it. It follows the culture of the time. Even if it doesn't intend to, it follows the culture of the time unintentionally most of most of the uh, issues. So that's something to look at, so the, the, the costumes. Why do they wear them? It, that's another question. Secret identities. Why do comic book characters have secret identities? We know who they are. And we talked touched on this a little bit in a previous issue, but they have secret identities to protect their family. But think about what I've said there. Not everybody has a secret identity. The Fantastic Four, they're not secret. They're not secret. Uh, The Thing and Alicia Masters, it's a known thing. (laughs) No pun intended. And and Alicia Masters has been kidnapped, but that doesn't mean Ben Grimm suddenly doesn't – isn't publicly known. Uh, The the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman have children. 
who also have some powers, which they didn't know that when they were born. They still exist. Spider-Man is overly concerned about his family, his Aunt May, his girlfriends, his friends. Why? And it's a good question. I don't know if they have an answer. I, I, I point it out because it's, it seems to be contradictory. You know, Captain America, technically, when he came out of suspended animation, really didn't have anybody left. It was the 60s, so it was only 20 years. But today it would be, you know, he's a World War II icon. Those people are gone. Uh, does it really matter if they people know who he is? I don't know. I think there's just something, the Civil War thing we talked about with, with Iron Man's coming. I really think it's just a, it's a holdover from a privacy thing. Whoever created the character decided, I think this should be private. Whoever created somebody else says, well, I think this should be public. And that's how it's come. You know, Iron Man was private at first, then became public. You know, for a long time, Iron Man was Tony Stark's bodyguard, which we knew differently was it was Tony Stark. And he tried to play that off and people bought it. Or so, you know, they claim, quote, unquote, bought it for years and years and years. But it, at some point, it became known that Tony Stark was Iron Man. And things have happened. But I, I think just being the proximity of these heroes put you at risk. So just because they don't know that Mary Jane Watson was married to Peter Parker doesn't mean Mary Jane Watson in the presence of Spider-Man is any less at risk. Maybe more, maybe less, maybe the same. I don't know. It just, it, it's a strange question. I think I would fall on the side of, I'd like to protect my identity, but I don't think I have a particularly good reason for it um, because I can't be with my loved ones all the time. So things happen in the world. Things can happen to these people just because of who they are and where they're at. And yes, I don't want to be chasing around trying to rescue my kidnapped uh, wife every five minutes because some lunatic criminal wants to kidnap my family. But I also, I don't know. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work to keep that secret identity. It's a lot of lies to keep track in your head as to where you were. How'd you get there? Why is this wrong? You know, shouldn't you know better? All this stuff. It, it seems to be, you know, the whole Peter Parker, um, spectacular, or, um, superior Spider-Man had people known Peter Parker was Peter Parker. I think a lot of that storyline would not have existed because he could have clearly said, I'm Peter Parker. And if any, if I don't act like this, then you know, something's wrong. And that would have been, that would have fixed it. And that didn't happen. So just some things to think about along those lines. I don't know if, it, you know, what would you do if you had a, if you were a super superhero, would you keep your identity secret or wouldn't you forget the civil war part of it? Would you make a conscious effort not to reveal your secret identity? Something to think about. Um, and the last thing was people, people were watching the movies, um, doing some nostalgia over Christmas. People tend to watch a little more TV or movies because it's cold outside and they're home with family and, you know, they're not at work for whatever reason. So they watch more video of some sort. Uh, and the question came up, what's the best, in my opinion, best Marvel comic cartoon? And there's a lot to choose from. You, you know, the nostalgia factor is the 60s motion comics where it's just frames thrown at you for Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Thor. Um, I think Iron Man was in there, maybe the Hulk. It, they weren't good. <laughs> they weren't good at all. But 
there's a nostalgia there in the, the music, and it was very 60s, uh, early 70s type of deal. Um, I really enjoyed The Amazing Spider-Man and Friends, and his, or Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends from the early 1980s, where it was Spider-Man and um, Firestar and Iceman, who in the comics never really interacted. Firestar was actually created for that co- uh, cartoon. Uh, she didn't exist prior to that cartoon. She didn't exist in the Marvel Universe outside of that cartoon for many, many years, and she currently does, but just as a tertiary character. Uh, that was interesting to me. It kind of got me into Marvel a little bit more because I was just starting to get into Marvel at that point and the comics, and I, I really enjoyed that. But it wasn't a particularly good cartoon, and, and the the action and the, the art was okay. Um, you get into the late... 80s, early 90s, and you start to see some Spider-Man cartoons, which were okay. At the time, they seemed pretty good. In in retrospect, maybe not so much. Um, Then you had the X-Men cartoons. Some were good. Some were bad. The Ultimate X-Men was pretty good, um, but it wasn't awesome. There was some nice storylines and and some of that stuff. The, The voices... Left me a little bit to be desired there. I think that especially um, Wolverine's voice was not I, – I didn't love it. Um, but my favorite – and then they had some other stuff in the late 90s into the early 2000s, which was – there was a CGI-generated graphic um, Spider-Man with Neil Patrick Harris as Peter Parker. Horrible. Horrible. Just not even worth the time. It's on Netflix, and I, I wouldn't spend more than five seconds looking at it because the the art was so bad, it was so blocky and so ugly that you can't even you can't even pay attention to the storyline. You can't pay attention to the what's being said. There might have been good storyline there, but the art was horrid, horrid. Um, but today, if I had to pick something. I like uh, Avengers Earth Minus Heroes, which is no longer being run. It was two, it was two seasons. Uh, it's been followed up by Avengers Assemble. I didn't like it quite as much, but it's still pretty good. And I do like Ultimate Spider-Man. It's kind of transitioned to Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors. I, I like the snarky. The ca- I feel like they capture the snarky nature of Peter Parker pretty well in, the, in this one. And I think it's, it appeals to all ages. My daughter, who's six, loves to watch it with me. She enjoys it. And Spider-Man has become her favorite character because of this comic or for, because of this cartoon. So to me, that's – those are what I'd go with. The Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, two seasons ended, uh, I think, three years ago. And Avengers Assemble or Ultimate Spider-Man 1, 2 episodes or issues 1 – yeah, excuse me. Seasons one and two, and now into season three, I believe it's called Web Warriors. So those would be my choices. Uh, if you've got different choices, please let me know. Uh, but again, I will put the show links for NerdSync in with Scott Nicewinder. Uh, secret Identity. Give me your yay or nay. Would you be give keep your secret identity secret, or would you make it publicly known, whether anybody cared or not, would you be publicly out with it? And what's your favorite Marvel comic cartoon? Uh, I've stumbled over that a couple times. Car- Marvel comic cartoon. It's hard to say those three quickly, but uh, I'd like to hear what you think because there's some other stuff out there, and I don't mean the made-for-TV movies or the Marvel movies. That's a different discussion. The cartoon series, um, whether it's from the 60s up through today, what have you liked? What maybe you didn't like? What did you? Did, maybe you thought the Neil Patrick Harris Spider-Man was awesome. 
I don't know how you could have thought it was awesome because it wasn't, but maybe you think it was. So let me know that. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Comic Book Tales, uh, on HannahTreeProductions.com, H-A-N-N-A-H, TreeProductions.com. Uh, you can check us out at ComicBookTales.com, uh, see the other podcasts that we uh, offer on, this, on the channel. Please let me know what you think. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm Chad, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.